Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. Father, thank you that you have sent us your Holy Spirit and thank you, Father, that your spirit is not a spirit of bondage. It's a spirit of freedom and liberty. Father, thank you that you come to lift burdens from our shoulders and you come to set us free, Father. Um, you give us a hope and a future and our lives are so much richer after having you than before having you. And we just thank you for that, Father. We give you just these moments, Lord. Um, and I pray a special grace that you would have grace with me, Lord, to share this word and that the truth would, would really be that which, which remains, Father. Um, I pray that you would um, have grace with me, Father, as I share the word that I would accurately share your heart, Lord. And I pray for our hearts, Father, that we would receive your message, Lord, that you are speaking to us, Lord. We open our hearts now, Father. We know that you are the living water, Father, that renews our, our very souls. And we just open our hearts to you, to open our ears, Father, and we give you this evening in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, guys, you can have a seat. Okay, so I'm speaking tonight on um, quite an, a deep topic. Um, we're busy with a deeper series. So... Um, it's uh, a question that I'm going to, a few questions that I'm going to ask that may challenge a lot of us. And that's my disclaimer before I start is um, let's trust God to come and speak with us and let's not be condemned. Um, the enemy wants to condemn us and he wants to tell you that you're not good enough or, you know, that there's no way for you to, um, to make right. But... Our whole lives is a story of staying on the path with God and often we need to make right, often we need to correct. And the Holy Spirit is really with us in this journey of faith. So I want to encourage you to um, you know, embrace these truths and turn to God. Let's turn to God with our hearts. Amen. Okay. Um, the question I'm asking tonight is, What's at the bottom of your joy? Um, so we're going deeper. And so the question is designed to, to figure out what is at the bottom of our joy. Where, where is that place at the bottom where there's nothing further, there's nothing deeper, there's nothing under the bottom? Um, and second question that I want to ask is, do you feel more loved by God because he makes much of you? Or do you feel more loved by God because he enables you to make much of him forever? Let me repeat that question. Do you feel more loved by God because he makes much of you? Or do you feel more loved by God because he enables you to make much of him forever? So you can see the question is two-sided and my sermon is aimed at unfolding both sides of this question. 
and and hopefully understanding why I would ask this question. I think you'd agree that it's it's quite a deep question. It, uh, it's quite a personal question. And for me as an unqualified standing up here, um, it's quite a risky question to ask. So why would I go to the effort of asking such a risky question um, before a church typically on an evening like this? Um, just something to, to think about. And I hope that through the sermon, at the end of the sermon at least, we'll understand why this is such a key question in our lives. Um, my heart is not to place burdens on your shoulders, right? That's how I opened in prayer. God wants to come and move in our hearts. He wants to set us free. He always wants to set us free. Um, so, yeah, I really invite you to open your heart. Um, okay, so I want to start by just working through Seven ways which God makes much of us. It's actually amazing in Scripture when you, when you actually look at what Scripture says and examples of, of God making much of us. Um, the first one is 1 Peter 1, 3 to 5. Oh, sorry, that's the second one. I'm getting ahead of myself. The first one is Matthew 25, 23. And it reads like this. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. So my summary is, this is, this is a loaded scripture, but um, God is pleased with us. In Christ, God is pleased with you. He's pleased with you. He enjoys you. He values your contribution. In Christ, we are actually able to earn God's admiration that he's pleased with us. And he, you know, that's, that's a way that he really makes much of us. And he allows us to contribute. Um, if you allow someone to contribute in your life, you place a lot of value on that person. Um, you're not going to allow anyone to work on your car or, um, you know, entrust with some important task in life. You're not going to just entrust that with anyone. So I want you to see how God is placing so much value on you when he says, "Good, well done, good and faithful servant. Um, and through, through Jesus allows us to have a part in, 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 this, in this life on earth, in his kingdom now and in eternity. Um, the second one is 1 Peter 1, 3-5. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again, to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you. So we see that God makes us fellow heirs with Christ. Uh, we get to inherit everything. That's what the word says. Everything is ours. Everything on this earth. God says the gold is mine, the silver is mine. Everything that has been created is God's. And the word says that we become co-heirs with Christ, and Christ is the head. And so we actually have everything. And there's a, a funny story. Um, 
about this guy um, in a chariot. And it just describes our lives often um, on a journey to Jerusalem. And in Jerusalem, he will earn or he will go and collect a hundred billion dollars. Okay, that's what's waiting for him there. A hundred billion dollars is waiting for him in Jerusalem. So he gets into his chariot and he's on his way, he's on his merry way, as you can imagine, to Jerusalem. He's going to fetch his hundred million dollars and his chariot's wheel breaks. And he gets uh, off his chariot and he carries on walking and singing to Jerusalem. I mean, he's going to, f- to fetch his hundred million dollars. Um, and in a sense, another reaction so often that I see in my life is we walk <laughs> into Jerusalem um, sad and and so aggravated and frustrated that our the wheel of our chariot is broken and we walk all the way to Jerusalem complaining about our chariot's wheel that is broken. <laughs> and uh, for me that was just quite a, a picture of our lives. It's two seconds and then we win the lottery. Our life is like two seconds and then we will be in eternity and the word says that we will inherit everything. So that's definitely a way in which God makes much of us. He gives us an inheritance. Um, the third scripture is Luke 12, verse 37. Blessed are those servants whom the master finds awake when he comes. Truly, I say to you, he will dress himself for service and have them recline at table, and he will come and serve them. He will have us sit at table one day and serve us. Christ will serve us. Once he's conquered all the powers of darkness, we will get off the, the white horse, as, as it's written of in Revelations, and he'll take a towel, and he'll wrap a towel around his waist, and he will serve us. Um, God does make much of us. The fourth one is 1 Corinthians 6, verse 2 to 3. Or do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world is to be judged by you, are you incompetent to try trivial cases? Do you not know that we are to judge angels? How much more than matters pertaining to this life? This is written by Paul to the Corinthians. And I don't want to go too much into the meaning of the scripture, but the point is clear that we will be entrusted with judging angels. Um, <laughs> I don't understand when and how, but the point is God makes much of us. He, he, he wants to entrust with us judgment of the world and of angels. Zephaniah 3 verse 17 says, The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. What amazing scripture. God rejoices over us, dances over us. So by rejoicing over us is his treasured possession. So God makes us his treasured possession and he dances over us with songs of deliverance. Every day that we live, he exalts over us with loud singing. Quite an amazing thought. Matthew 13:43 says, Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. He who has ears, let him hear. 
1 John 3 verse 2 says, Beloved, we are children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. So one day we will shine like the sun. That's what Matthew 13, 43 says. We will be radiant in heaven one day. In John 1 John, it, it says we will be like him. We will see him as he is. The last one is from Revelations. Revelations 3 verse 21. The one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne, as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. So, we are granted to sit with Christ on his throne. We are granted to sit with him on his throne. We will share rule with God. One day in eternity, in the new heaven and the new earth, we will share dominion and rule with God. And, um, yeah, the, the idea I have with going into these scriptures is, and what I hope becomes clear is how much God makes of us. It's really something that you can settle in your heart. It's really something that you never need to doubt in your life. Never, ever need to doubt God's goodness. You never, never need to wonder whether he makes much of you or wonder whether he um, has a desire for you or wonder whether he loves you. Um, God is, is amazing. Um, if we go through those seven, God is pleased with us. He makes us fellow heirs with Christ. He will have us sit at his table one day and serve us by having us judge even the angels by rejoicing over us as his treasured possession. One day we will shine like the sun, we will be like him, and by granting us to sit with him on his throne. And this is an amazing picture of the value which God places on our lives. So, the question after, after spending time on just dwelling on, on this concept of God really making much of us, um, a question we could ask is, okay, true, that's true, but what's at the bottom of our joy? If I were to ask that question, in light of God, of it being very apparent that God makes much of us, um, what is at the bottom of our joy? Um, and I'd like to illustrate by asking a question. So, if Hanu is... A law student and he's studying um, he's at university and he's working hard and he goes to write a test and he gets an A on the test and I were to ask Hanu how do you how do you feel about making an A on the test and he says well great I, I'm overjoyed I got an A on the test and if I were to ask him but why are you Glad, why are you happy about making an A on the test? And there may be a few answers that Hanu could give. He may say, well, um, I want to, imp I want to imp not impress, but I, I, I want the honor of my, my folks. I want their approval. I want to show them that they haven't wasted their money on me at varsity. 
Another answer could be, well, I want to um, impress my peers. I want to do better than the guy next to me. I want to want to. Um, I don't want to look stupid. I want to get an A. In, anyone wants to get an A. Um, another answer could be, well, this A is going to help me to graduate one day from law school, and so I need this A um, if I want to graduate. And let's say Hanu says, yes, I, I want the A, I want to graduate one day. And I were to ask Hanu, okay, but why does graduating from law school make you happy? And he asks another question. Um, and he says, well, um, when I grew up, um, I was surrounded by a broken family and I saw the destruction that it had on my life and I thought, well, you know, if I can, can go and study law, it, it can help me to make a difference in people's lives. Um, and so you see, as we go deeper, as we ask why and ask why and ask why, we get very close to the root, to the bottom of his joy concerning his A. And the illustration is just designed to, to, for us to ask those questions and to get to the bottom, the bottom where there's nothing under. Um, so I could ask Hanu, but why does it make you happy to make to help people? And as you can see, we then we're very close to the bottom, aren't we? Um, and what I want us to maybe just think about um, is that there can only be two things at the bottom of your joy. One of two things. They cannot coexist at the bottom of your joy. It's either God at the bottom of your joy or self at the bottom of your joy. And so this illustration is just to help us see um, how every one of our joys that we experience in life has a bottom. Do not be deceived that there is not a bottom or that the bottom can be two things or three things. There's always one root in our lives. So if we've, if we've said that there's a bottom of our joy, and it can be God, it can be self. What does it look like if self is the bottom of our joy? I'd like to give some examples. Um, you, you guys are probably aware of the story of Judas. Um, Judas was one of the disciples, one of the twelve. He walked with God, walked with, with Christ, sorry. He walked with Christ the whole time of Christ's public ministry. Um, so you cannot argue that he just sort of knew about Christ. He didn't really know Christ well. He was one of the disciples. He saw every miracle that Jesus did. Um, he followed Christ through a period of three to four years, seeing and observing Christ and, and being close to Christ. And as the story goes that you, you are aware of, I'm sure, is that Judas betrayed our Lord for 30 pieces of silver. 30 pieces of silver was at the bottom of his joy. Another example, King Saul. Um, king Saul was anointed to be king by God. Um, he was the first king of Israel, and he was anointed to, to, to lead God's people. 
Same story, I would say. He was anointed by God. He walked with God. God blessed him. Um, God blessed the kingdom of the Israelites. And God walked with Saul. And Saul, as the king, also was appointed. He experienced God's favor in that position as being king of Israel. And yet, in that whole walk, um, you will read in Scripture a, a, a selfishness in Saul, a jealousy. He had a jealousy of David. And he, he wanted what David had, and there was a special favor that rested on David's life. Um, and Saul was, he was jealous because he was self-focused. He was comparing himself to David. And so it becomes very clear that Saul, um, his, his self was his, was his undoing in that sense, um, that God could not have used him mightier. And as the story goes, Saul, um, God actually has to remove Saul, um, which is a, actually a, a tragic story, if you think about it, that God has to intervene and he has to remove someone because um, they... They are, 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 they've disqualified themselves from, from being used by God. So <laughs> when I was preparing for this message, I think God knew that, um, or <laughs> I'm not sure, but I think he had a plan to just show his heart to me before bringing this message to have me experience something similar. And um, so my story is this week... Um, I um, I actually had an opportunity at work um, to be promoted, and I went for the interview, and the interview went went very well, and um, I actually then got news um, which was premature and should not have have been shared with me, but I got news that I was successful and that I would most probably be successful in in this promotion. And a week later, um, through you know good reasons, um, the promotion was was not granted. And without going into detail, um, it's just a very real, close to my heart example of what God did in my life this week, a few days ago. And immediately, you know, all these feelings in my heart are coming up and saying, but. You know, it really affected me. Um, my boss actually shared it with me on Friday in the last, uh, just before 2 o'clock. He knew I could then go home and just just think about this and just process it. And the reason I share this is just not because of what happened, but it's because of the reaction of my heart, which is a reaction that none of us can deny, and it's, it's relevant for all of us. It's just that feeling of being denied something, um, that feeling... Um, that, you know, I was just challenged by, you know, realizing actually that it is a big deal for me and why it's, it's a much bigger, it was a much bigger deal for me than I thought it was in my life. And so that's, that's my personal message. Um, God will often come and show us because he loves us. He will come and show us um, what's at the bottom of our joy. And sometimes it's not a pretty sight. Um, sometimes we find ourselves down there. And um, what I just hope to share is um, why is that a bad thing? 
You know, why is us at the bottom of our joy such a dangerous thing and such a bad thing? And um, I'm sure all of us know, down deep you know why, why the self is bad. You've seen the fruit in your own life. Being anxious about things, not working out, um, being worried about your future, being worried about what people think of you. Um, it's really a, a tough place to live. It's not a nice place to live. And so often we live there. <laughs> we find ourselves there. Um, I want to ask another question. Who's the first person you notice on a group photo? <laughs> okay. What does your Facebook or WhatsApp profile look like? I'm not hopping on our WhatsApp profiles, not at all. Um, just ask yourself that question. It might, it might mean something to you. Um, What's at the bottom of our friendships? So yeah, um, without going too deep, um, I just felt led that these are, these are difficult questions, guys, I'm asking tonight. It's very quiet here, but I know why. <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I just feel we need to sometimes stop in our lives and ask these questions. These questions are crucial to our lives. Um, so I want to rephrase the question I asked right in the beginning. The question I asked right in the beginning was, do you feel more loved by God because he makes much of you? Or do you feel more loved by God because he enables you to make much of him forever? And I'd like to rephrase that question, just ask it in a different way. Do we enjoy worshipping God, making much of God, because he's committed to making much of us. Or do we enjoy making much of God because of the kind of God that he is, his character, his worthiness? Do we enjoy worshipping God, making much of God because he's committed to making much of us or because of the God that he is? Very difficult questions. So, further examples of self at the bottom in, the, in our present day um, is uh, on the next slide. Um, why is it that when we pursue self, we are never satisfied? As I, as I shared some examples from my life, um, there's, there's always an anxiety, there's always a, a, a running after more uh, looking for more and, and unfulfillment. Who, who here tonight wants to be unfulfilled in their lives? Does anyone here want to be unfulfilled? You can raise your hand. Okay. Everyone wants to be fulfilled. Amen. We all want to have amazing lives. Amen. Where we free. Okay. Um, often when we reach that point of expectation in any activity in our lives, so often there's nothing there. Um, 
It doesn't need to be that way. It's just a question I'm asking often when, when our hearts are not in the right place. Um, we are not satisfied even by the things that, that should satisfy us. Things that we enjoy doing. So what I want to land at is just the realization um, in our lives that our hearts are made by God and our hearts are made for God. And so our hearts can only be satisfied by God. God at the bottom of our joy. That's what I hold before you tonight. It's God at the bottom of your joy. And I'm not saying it's not so. Um, I'm, if I really don't want to bring condemnation because that's what the enemy brings. He brings condemnation in our lives and that's not God speaking to you tonight. Um, the reality is that for God to be at the bottom of our joy, there needs to be an exchange often in our lives. We are saved the day we give our lives to God and then our, our sanctification begins and we walk a road with God. And many there are many days that we will we will have to make this exchange in our lives. Every day is a, is a day that we often need to take up our cross and, and grow in, in Christ. Because He loves us. He takes us on that journey. Um, so Luke 9 verse 23, it's on the next slide. It says, And He said to all, If anyone would come after Me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow Me. 2 Corinthians 4, 5, verse 5 and 6 says, For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, Let light shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. I'm just going to read that first part again. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. So you can see clearly an exchange um, taking place. Not proclaiming ourselves, proclaiming Jesus Christ, proclaiming ourselves as servants. And so self just gets, in this scripture, gets displaced by Christ. Um, 2 Corinthians, the next slide goes on. It's the same scripture, it just carries on from verse 6. On verse 7 it says, But we have this treasure in jars of clay. What's this treasure? The treasure is the treasure of Christ. The treasure of being redeemed. Um, we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus. So that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake. So that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. This is quite a challenging scripture. Um, 
because it's so counter-culture. It's counter the culture we live in. And that's the truth. Our culture is, is one that we should be aware of and we should be vigilant against because it's a culture that's designed to make you the bottom of your joy. And that's, that's just my heart for us as a church. My heart is, this is what the burden God has placed on my heart to share with us tonight is the enemy would want you at the bottom of your joy because he know that it will send you on an endless, fruitless journey of unsatisfaction. And in that pursuit, you will miss God. And that's what he wants. He wants us to miss God. And so my heart is just to, to share with you this, this key question. And the joy that we have um, is often in the face of much suffering and adversity. And that's something in, in, in the word that you will also always see. And I'd like you to, if you have time this week, um, the scriptures are shared on in the beginning, the seven ways God makes much of us. Um, if you have time this week, go and read those scriptures and you will see that those scriptures cannot be separated from Christ dying. Those scriptures cannot be separated from um, God paying the price for us sinners. And those scriptures are very descriptive of a time after this age. And they are not a great, there's not a great link between those scriptures and our present day life, but there's a very strong link between those scriptures and one day in eternity. Just two seconds and we'll inherit the lottery. Where's our joy? Is our joy to try and find fulfillment in the two seconds that will soon be gone? And um, my plea to us all and, and to myself, I need to tell myself this every day, is don't waste your life. We can so easily waste our lives. We actually get to live with God at the bottom of our joy. What an amazing thought. Every day I can wake up. I can wake up tomorrow morning and I can say, Jesus Christ is Lord. And the only way I can say, Jesus Christ is Lord, is by the Spirit of God. That's what the Word says. I've been born again, not of my own making. God has granted that I have been born again, that I can wake up tomorrow and say, Truly, truly, Christ is King of kings and Lords of lo Lord of lords, Lord of my life. The only way I can say that is because of a gracious gift of God that he's given me um, to be born again. And, and what, what do I get further? I get the opportunity to live with, with God now and forever. Get a chance to live with him as the bottom of my joy. And I want to challenge us all and say that test God in this and see if he will not rain down from heaven blessing that you cannot contain. But it might not be the next job. It might not be the, the, the second car. It might not be um, a bank statement that shows you have enough money this month. 
And those are tough things, guys. What I'm holding before you is tough, tough things. There, there are people here that maybe you struggle to get by every month. Maybe there isn't enough money in your bank account this month. These are tough questions. Um, and what I hold before you is just that in that suffering is such a beautiful place of joy with God. Um, the world wants to, to sell to us that it must be well with your soul. Only be well with your soul. That's the only, the only lever or the only acid test for whether God loves you or whether it's going well with you. And that's a, a great lie. Um, and what I hope tonight is that, what I hope tonight that we see is that God will actually will actually take us through suffering sometimes, as tough as it is. Um, the next slide is 1 Peter 1, verse 3 to 5. Um, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. This scripture I mentioned earlier, I just want to read the second part of the scripture. Um, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope, a living hope, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, cannot perish, undefiled, it's perfectly holy, and unfading, will not lose its vigor, kept in heaven for you by God. It's not going anywhere, guys. It's waiting for you. God is keeping it perfectly safe for you in heaven. The scripture then goes on to say, from verse 6, In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. So in this we rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. And the picture I want us to see is, in light of eternity, how short is our life? Um, how brief is that suffering? that we endure, it's actually a very short time if you think about it. Um, but the more important point I want us to see is that, yes, God does, God does not sit and smile in heaven when we go through suffering. It's not easy for him to watch us suffer. He doesn't maliciously chuckle in heaven when you go through tough times. But it's his design. He takes us through suffering. When he sent his son, his son suffered to the point of death. And so I really want to encourage us tonight to change our view of suffering, change our minds of how we see the, this life and how we see the setbacks. There are many setbacks in life, guys. I don't have to look far. I don't have to ask more than one person here um, to tell us 
of a setback that they've had in their lives. And my encouragement to us is just, what's at the bottom of your joy? Because if God's at the bottom of our joy, then nothing can steal our inheritance from us. Nothing can shake us. And what happened to me this week will happen to me many more times in my walk with God. Um, There are many areas of my life that God will still come and test, like God tested Job. And what I hold before you is is just a, a realization that in God we are safe. You know, so often we we want to have the self at the bottom because it's the thing we can control. We can control ourselves, and um, we sometimes are, f- are afraid of what God would do if we just give Him the bottom of our joy. If we just make Him the foundation, sweep away all our own our plans for this year, sweep away all our own dreams and our ideas and say, God, at the bottom, come and tell me what my dreams are. God knows our dreams better than we even know ourselves. He knows us better than what we even know ourselves. Um, so yes, guys, um, I hope with all my heart that... You don't feel condemned tonight because I needed this message um, just as much as you. And I know it's a tough message and I know it's a deep message, but we decided we're going deeper, right? We, we're in the deeper series and we're asking some deep and difficult questions. And so I would just encourage you to go to God with these questions. Don't, don't rest on the opinion of man. It's, it's not important what I think. It's important what God thinks and what God says in His Word. And in each one of your lives, this question will be answered differently and the picture will look differently. And my plea to you is take this to God. Take this to God in, in your quiet time this week, in your time alone with Him. Um, and there's a wellspring. There's a wellspring waiting for us, guys, when He's at the bottom of our joy um so if we could all just stand please yeah i want you just where you're standing just to close your eyes and we all just going to pray um father thank you for this message father tonight and though it is a difficult message father um lord may it no longer and never be a burden for us to have you at the bottom of our joy God, at the bottom of our joy, a God-exalting God, a Christ-exalting Christ, a one that fills all in all, one to which nothing can be taken or added. If you are here tonight and you feel clearly that Um, there are areas in your life where you are at the bottom of your joy and where self is at the bottom of your joy. Um, I'm not going to be calling anyone to the front tonight. Um, We're going to do a corporate prayer. So I'd like to invite you, if if that's you, just raise your hand. Amen. Yes, Father, thank you, Lord, for these hands, Lord. And 
Father, thank you for the riches of glory in the face of Christ. Thank you, Lord, for um, your riches, which are just so far beyond what we can fathom. Father. And I pray specifically over each one of these people Lord, that have raised their hand, Father, that we would have the courage, Father, to lay down ourselves, Lord, that we would have the courage to make you the bottom of our, our joy. And your message tonight, God, is that we will not be put to shame. We will never be sorry. You will never leave us nor forsake us. You are not a man that you should lie, God. Your word is true. And you say that I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the living water. There's so much scripture, Father, where you describe the way that you fill us, Lord. You fill us all in all. There's nothing that can fill us like you do, Lord. And you do in our short space, in our earthly life, you do come and fill us, Lord. And that could be a time of plenty, Father, and it could be a time of great distress. It could be a time of suffering for the name of Christ. And I just encourage these people, Lord. I encourage those that have lifted their hand and, and everyone here tonight. I encourage and say, God, you are with us and we are in it for you. We are in it for you, God. We are not in it for an amazing 80 years on earth. We are in it for you, God. And we just give you our hearts tonight. Father. I pray that for each one of these people, Father, you would just come and show them and give them such a revelation of your love, Lord, that you are such a good God and you love them, Lord. You don't condemn them, Father. You love us, Lord. You love their hearts, Lord. And you discipline the son that you love. Lord, and you reveal to your sons, Father, by the Spirit of God, and you walk with us, Father. Our journey, our walk with you is a journey, Lord. It's a journey of sanctification where you are involved. You are the best Father that there has ever been. And you are with us, Lord. And you love us too much, Lord, to make our own preciousness our God. You will be our God. You are our God. You are Lord of Lords. You will not let ourselves be at the bottom of our joy and and I just speak a just a blessing over these people that and we can even just proclaim over their lives now in Jesus name that you will come and do a massive restoration and exchange I pray that there will be an exchange Lord at the bottom of our joy at the bottom of our hearts an exchange of ourselves for an all-fulfilling God and I pray this in Jesus name Amen